when the newly regenerated doctor has to contend with a robot that is running amok, he must shake off the cobwebs of the regeneration to figure out who is in control of the machine and stop them before it's too late. This is Robot. Welcome to Regenerated. Doctor, you're supposed to be in the sick bay. Am I? Hmm? Don't you mean the infirmary? No, I do not mean the infirmary. I mean the sick bay. You're not fit yet. Not fit? I'm the doctor. No, doctor. I'm the doctor, and I say that you're not fit. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. Look here, doctor. You're not fit. Not you... fit. Not fit. Of course I'm fit. All systems go. Look. Heart speed? I say, I don't think that could be right. Both a bit fast, are they? Well, I don't. Still, must be patient. A new body is like a new house. Takes a little bit of time to settle in. As for the physiognomy, well, nothing's perfect. Have to take the rough with the smooth. Mind you, I think the nose is a definite improvement. Hello everyone and welcome back to Regenerated. My name is Matt and I'm joined, as always, by my beautiful wife, Becky. You're funny. What do you mean I'm funny? Mm. Oh. Wow, you want me to give you the big, big up every week, so that's what I'm doing. It's now, it's now becoming a catchphrase. What, are you funny? Yeah. Yeah, you wish. And uh, how are you for the benefit of the listeners this week? I know you're a woman of many words, so I'm expecting this to be an essay. You're funny. Well, you know full well I've got a frozen shoulder. Yes. Which? Or is that giving me the cold shoulder? Ha, 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 ha. Not funny. So not funny. So apart from that? Well, apart from being on painkillers that make me feel a bit wobbly. Mm. Not too bad. Mm. Okay. So uh, this week we have got an exciting episode, I think. It's the first one of Tom Baker's run. Yay. Uh, this one obviously is a robot, so let's get and all the crowd cheers with joy. Basically, yes. So uh, <laughs> we'll go through all the little logistical stuff first, and then we'll get into robot. Twenty eighth of December seventy four to the eighteenth of January seventy five. So I think I mentioned, I think in the Planet of the Spiders episode, there's a little bit of a gap uh, of which uh, Tom Baker assumed the regeneration role in the scene at the end of Planet of Spiders to this one. I think it's like a, a four or five month gap. So before, because uh, you were saying about his like his hair's a little bit different in Planet of the Spiders than it is here. It's more sort of the Tom Quick. Baker we know. So uh, yeah, so there's a little Less bit of a gap. Erratic. 
And this one was written by Terence Dix, who did, uh, he co-wrote uh, The War Games. You're so childish, Becky. And uh, directed by Christopher Barry, who did... Well, that's nothing. When you have children coming up to you who, for some reason, have been watching the US version of The Office, and every time they, you say anything remotely in their eyes of rude or basically with something being big, all I get every time is, that's what she said. Mm, every yes. time. And it's... When they're like, you know, nearly 10 and 12, mm. it's kind of disturbing. Well, yes, that's what she said. Uh, so directed by Christopher Barry, who did The Daleks, Rescue, The Romans, The Savages, Power of the Daleks, Daemons, The Mutants, and now this one, obviously. Christopher Barry is in Arnold Rimmer? No. Mm, damn. No. no. That would have been a good thing. but no. that's, uh, that's Chris Barry. It's a little bit different. Yeah, but he might have been known as Christopher at one point. Wow, I'm I'm guessing he was probably uh, christened Chris yeah. to for Barry. I don't know. So. I think it's uh, Barry with a. Um, I, w- I I don't. I'm not known as. I think Rebecca, his is. I? I think his is a, a Barry with an I E, whereas this is Christopher Barry with a Y. So that's wow. the difference. Well, that's probably the difference because I know a lot of people who are christened Christopher, and they go by Chris. So. You know, it's it's a shortened version. Like I won't christen um, Becky, but people call me it. Mm, yes. So uh, and only my nanny calls me Rebecca now because my granddad used to, and my other granddad used to. And used to wind me up no end, and now she does it just because neither of them can. Mm. So uh, I'll she's reveal. She she's funny. I'll reveal what this one came in the poll. It was uh, actually 116, so it's kind of average in the poll. Uh, a synopsis, Becky. Would you like to tell the? Tell the listeners this week, what is robot about? A robot. <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> so if I go from the... Uh, well, the... who needs a Wikipedia synopsis? Well, we will go for that one. The TARDIS uh, fandom <laughs> wiki page synopsis. It's kind of obvious. It's like, well, saying, oh, what's Genesis of the Daleks about? Oh, Daleks. Well, it's a little bit. There's yeah, a, li- there's it's a little bit more. There's a bit, little bit more to robot than just being about a robot. Uh as I actually realised watching this one, I'd seen it before. Oh, well, yeah. So, go. I didn't twig. Well, we are going to get to some it, that you've seen before. I didn't actually before. twig it till like, the third episode in. That we'd actually, I'd actually seen this before. Well, there we go. It's just refreshing your memory yeah. then this time. So, uh, the, fi- uh, the, and the fact I didn't actually watch them from the beginning. The TARDIS fandom page synopsis says, Trouble is brewing once again. A series of robberies are taking place, which seems linked to plans for a top-secret disintegrator yeah, they gun. Never, they never really mention those robberies. Not really, no. All evidence seems to point to the culprit being a sentient robot created by an eccentric professor and owned by a think yeah, tank. Yeah, with a hair that looks like he's stuck his finger in a plug. Oh, he's just sort of... That's probably a take on sort of the Einstein-y type professor scientist. No, but you can't know because it was rumoured that Einstein was autistic. This, that's a reason for looking like your hair's been stuck in, mm. you know, gone AWOL. But just like Russell Brand, Russell Brand just never buys a hairbrush. Well, he does now, but he didn't used to. But you know what I get? You get what I mean? Mm. You know, why do people who are supposedly eccentric mean that their hair's got to be completely doolally. Well, it is a bit of a cliche look for a scientist yeah, just to have that I sort know. of, you know, com- sort of hair same. at the back, sort of einstein type hair, isn't people it? People who are eccentric, mm. you know, it's like people who are eccentric either have really weird hairstyles or really weird moustache or really weird facial hair or some kind of thing going on. And I was just like, well, why? Mm. That shouldn't distinguish them. 
what they do should distinguish them from everyone else, not the way they look. Yes, yes. Uh, so, uh, rounding off the synopsis, it and says... the fact that people thought Salvador Dali was a fruit loop and he died in a nose. Mm. However, the robot's basic programming prevents him from killing, providing a contradiction to the clues. And then the, uh, the synopsis rounds off saying... Or should I say suspected, at, not house. At the same time, the Doctor is recovering from his latest regeneration. Can he regain his senses and help units solve the case before time runs out? So, that is... They always like uh, the synopsis or the plot in a pl- uh, in a nutshell. If you remember back to Planet the Spiders, obviously the Doctor sacrificed himself, and now we've got the next fourth regeneration, and it's basically where it picks up, really, uh, where he's laying on the floor in uh, John Pertwee's uh, old costume. Yeah, it doesn't suit him. And again, it's got that sort of confusion, muddled sort of. Brains of clouds yeah, descending, sort of thing. Asking about things and then start asking why monkeys spinning. Yeah, you know. And <laughs> the thing, the thing is with Tom Baker is that Tom Baker's doctor is what kind is of eccentric anyway. So he's got that sort of kind of. It was what a triangle equals to the hypotenuse. Oh, I don't why know. Why is the monkey still spinning? Yeah, basically, it's just it's just Tom it's Baker just, in yeah, all his glory. You know, he sort of plays the doctor like that anyway. Yeah, but. Since when has a monkey got to do have anything to do with a triangle? Mm. So, like it says, it's all about um, a robot K1, which is a quite uh, ironic, means we get a K9 in the future. But K1... One, two, three, what, four, five, six, and seven, well, and eight. Well, that's it, isn't it? Uh, so, K1, the robot. What did mm. you think of the, the robot? Bit of an then? unimaginative name. They could have gone with something like Johnny Five or Shorts. Oh, yeah, but they don't do it. They do this thing that um, they do in uh, Doctor Who where they kind of h- try to hide. This one's a bit of a funny one because they try and hide They hide the monster. Johnny 1. Could end up being Johnny 1 or mm. even Johnny 2. Mm. You know, it was ages before sh- b- between this and when Short Circuit came out. Oh, yes. So, yeah, they try to hide the monster or the uh, the enemy and they try to do that here with the robot. But we though. kind of we kind of know it's a robot. It's in the title. So what did you think of the look of the robot? Well, Johnny 5 looks better. But I think that Wally looks like an animated version of Johnny Five, so mm. Well that's that's a short circuit and Wally's robot. What do you think of the Doctor Who's robot? <sighs> that I'd seen tins of beans looking more a convincing robot. Mm. The, the, and they're inanimate objects. The trouble is, is I like the, the story as a whole has its charm. Now we look back at it in twenty twenty two. It's like and it's seventy four and it's like someone has wrapped a Lego man in tinfoil. It's nearly forty years old now, so you know, it's it's a very difficult Uh, it's a difficult thing to view it with modern eyes. Tinfoil Lego Man. There you Uh, go. The trouble is if you did it now, if you did it now, yeah, obviously it wouldn't look as uh, it wouldn't look as bulky as that. And also like the claws are like bent and it's like really, really bad, like you know, uh, sort of badly made, you know, it's when... Yeah, but when they say that this robot had killed other people and things like that, how did he kill them with just claw hands that were clearly very wonky and very unable to kill for a start because they're not convincing killers. They're wobb- they were like that. They're wobbly as fuck. Yeah. At yeah. the end of the day, it's just, it's not good. And the, he didn't have a disintegrator gun at that point. No. Nope, so how would he have killed halfway them convincingly? Halfway through. Would you just basically bored them to death? Well, you got to think he's a robot, so he's got like claw strength. He could probably crush your bones in your body. Yeah. Even Robin though it doesn't look like it, 
it probably is, you know, that's what you're supposed to think. Vulcan death grip. The trouble is with this sort of thing is it's obviously a guy in a costume. When he moves, no, you, sort of, right. you sort of I'll, hear the I'll cardboard I'll shuffling. I figured it out. It's a man in a homemade cardboard Lego costume wrapped in tinfoil. Well, they like they do like to and uh, Doctor Who give uh, the enemy claw hands, them sort of Lego grabber hands, because this is kind of like Ice Warriors. The hands are like like that monster, so they do like to sort of recycle things. But like I said, the, the trouble is with the costume is that because there's no like I think nowadays you would probably overlay a sort of clonking metallic noise as it moved to sort of hide the fact that when it does actually shuffle about you just hear cardboard sort of rubbing up against each other and the foil rubbing king kong for christ's sake you know there's a lot you can do and there's also king kong elements in this serial as well now that you've segued into that (laughs) so yeah i don't segue i'm i'm scared of segways the premise of the story i think is great i think as as it's tom baker's first story they hit the ground running. It's a really clever story. And again, four episodes, it works. It doesn't drag. It has nice, uh, a nice beginning, middle and end. The trouble is now, like you say, when you watch it with a modern eyes, you just have to sort of appreciate the charm of it now. Instead of thinking back then, it was probably really sophisticated. And children were looking at the television screen, looking at this big, massive robot in awe, you know, at this, you know, and they were being really clever. And now, it I'm probably looked really good back then. You know, it looked really good back then. And all the sort of uh, the sort of green screen that they used and all that looked you know, really good back then. But now we just look at it with dated eyes and it is, it just, now it's sort I think of... I, f- I figured out where the moment where I actually saw it from previously mm. was when they were in the bunker doing the destructor codes. Yeah, probably. And then when the robot came out of the bunker and they were trying to fire at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the bit I can remember more. I, I've more, I, I know I, when that was. We were, that was when we were living here. Um... But so it's been in within the last so ten years. Talk, talking and about uh, talking about effects and that little sequence there at the bunker, uh, tiny tank. That's what I shall say. We had think tank, and we also got tiny tank. It's an obvious. Uh, there's a scene where the, like robots, the, the robots, the uh, robots coming out of the bunker to to sort of destroy unit as they're trying to surround this bunker. I'll get onto why they're at the bunker in a minute. But uh, basically, they sort of send everything at this robot including the tank and as the tank sort of wheels into scene what was the, it the rpg well that's an, well it's an rpg isn't it a very good one they're trying to use all their weapons against just, it to it stop like it a pea shooter. so the, the tank sort of wheels into the sort of foreground while the robot's in the so background and it's obvious that it's like a tiny tank and they're trying to do that sort of perspective thing where it makes it look yeah. bigger while the robot's in the background but it doesn't really kind of work no. um so Basically, like I said, this uh, research lab place, it's always a research base or a research lab or something. They basically... have got this new one on Blu-ray? Which, what new one? What we're watching at the moment. What do you mean, the one we're watching at the moment? What, Robot? This one, was this on Blu-ray? Yes, this was the Blu-ray season 12 box set. Yes, this is the very first Blu-ray box set that they've released, and it's the one that... Uh, 
you bought me off eBay for like seventy pounds <laughs> oh yeah. because it was at that time where oh, no. I should I have pre-ordered it and got it and I didn't. Yeah, I should have pre-ordered it back in the day, but yeah. I didn't. I do pre-order them now because if not, you're paying astronomical me, amounts for them. That cost me seventy-six pound. Yes, so you know. Which yeah, I th- think this is that's, where he pre-orders them now. That's cheap for what it is now, but then they reissued. Um, they reissued season twelve. Yeah, because I on remember a slim, you a slim saying, box well, maybe set. Maybe I should have pre-ordered one as well, mm. and then I could have got one and tried to sell it. Well, season twelve is arguably probably one of the best Doctor Who seasons they've done. So yeah, I have seen seen a bit. Um, yeah, more recently. I think you. I think. That. I think as we go through, you'll probably have watched a lot more. You know. Yeah. But anyway, so. Yep, Think Tank, which is the research place, has got this robot, well, yeah, which was... Of, obviously, because we're sort of, you know, you started watching those seasons when you bought them, and we've still been doing um, William Hartnell and Patrick Troughton and um, John Pertwee, that you've still been sort of watching, so I haven't really been paying attention, because half the time, it's mm. like you're putting them on when I go to sleep. Well, we'll get to so them eventually. So if I wake up and to go to mm. the loo, or I, you know, wake up here and there if I'm having trouble getting to sleep. So yes, yes. It's only like bits and pieces I come across. Mm. Well, there's some you will remember. But anyway, back mm. to robot. So, yeah, they basically commandeered this robot that was produced by this professor. It's Keller. It's, <sighs> Why is his head really small? It's Kettleman, isn't it? Or Kettlewell? Kettlewell. It's, hang on, let me have a look. I think it's, it's Kettle. Yeah, it's Kettlewell. But then they, they, there's one point where they say Ket, Ketman or Ket, Ketwell. Not Kettlewell. It's like Ketwell. They sort of pronounce it really weirdly. But anyway, he he designed and built this robot. He then got, I think he looked left, didn't he? He left uh, yeah, Think Tank. And they sort of stole his, stole his robot. Well, they were supposed to destroy it. Yeah, but they didn't, obviously. They just commandeered it, reprogrammed it to do their dirty work. And he says he put a human element because he used parts of... Is it parts like... the sort of Parts of himself. Yeah, sort of synapses of his own brain or programmed it using his own brain or something. So it has that human element of contradiction. And we do see that, especially with Sarah Jane. He said, obviously, his morals and principles, that sort of thing. Yep. And we also get a name drop that it's made of liquid metal. I think it's... Is that what they call it? Liquid metal, which basically can grow in size. So... James Cameron. I it was living metal. Living metal, was it? Yeah. Well, okay, living metal. So it's a little bit like... It wouldn't uh, be liquid, otherwise it wouldn't be standing, you twit. A little bit like uh, Terminator 2, then. Never seen it. Well, okay. Anyway, so... I've never seen Terminator so, films. Yeah, so, yeah, so as he says about like being living metal and growing, you know, that's sort of the like a, a, a play into I later on in the series. The one that season. to stand up in our bedroom. I don't actually... You know, so they I've never seen they sort of they sort of drop the li- living metal that it can grow, and that's obviously a prelude to what's going to happen in this serial uh, at the end. Uh, so we also, I find that Sarah Jane went off on her own a few bits here. I think Sarah Jane is used very well, uh, mm-hmm. especially with it, is it the oh, see my brain today is it R is it R is it S R S isn't it? It's like yeah. this little like sort of uh, science. Um, Science club, scientist club, of which we find out that Kettle, uh, is it Kettle? It is Kettlewell, isn't it? Kettlewell is a member of, and he's actually doing sort of. Is, no, no, is he like being like to them? He's being like the guy who's saying that they stole his robot and that he's appalled by it and all this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Or is he actually working for Think Tank still 
but they're, he's kind of sort of it's, it's it's really strange because when they go to this meeting in I think it's uh, episode three, he comes out on stage and they said that you know he's like one of them, and that he's like kind of like a mole or or a turncoat or something, which mm. is quite weird because when the robot sort of runs amok, it actually goes back to him and he hides it. And then Winters, uh, Winters and is it Jericho, Jellico? I think his name's yeah. Jellico. They sort of go to his... I know, because that made me laugh because I thought of Jericho. Yeah. Uh, go to his sort of laboratory and they sort of break in and steal the robot back. So is he working for them or not? It's kind of weird. Yeah, but that's the thing, because when they're in the bunker as well, you know, you, you're made to think that he's a prisoner. Yeah. But then he goes and basically puts the codes in. Yep. So they use the robot to steal these uh, nuclear. And then the, is it nuclear missiles or auto? Atomic. What's that? Atomic. Atomic. That's it. Atomic missile codes, which they can put input into a computer to launch the missiles. It's basically a blackmailing technique that they can blackmail the world, uh, and they basically skulk off to a bunker uh, to hide out while they blackmail. The world, and that's Try and how. Yep, yeah. that's how the doctor and that and unit but end up at the, the thing, bunker. But the, prob- but the thing is, is because obviously, when the robot kills Kettlewell, yeah, he still tries to go through with his plan. Yeah. So obviously, that's the thing. If that's his plan to blow up, to blow up the world, then that's like, well, is he sort of on the side of unit, or is he on the side of? everyone else yeah that that was the confusing element of it they don't really he doesn't sort of he doesn't sort of you know at the end they sort of how they have done in doctor who before or something when they get a turncoat is they sort of say come on you know pick up that gun and point it at the enemy and then they sort of point it on the doctor or whatever they don't really have that sort of reveal Mm. uh, as such with um kettlewell they don't really have that sort of turncoat moment he's just kind of there like you say, during the pro- uh, the course of the plot, they do actually uh, make this disintegrant- disintegrator gun that they give to the robot we he actually uses on Kettlewell as Kettlewell sort of throws himself in front of the Doctor and Sarah Jane. This then throws the robot into a sort of chaos because he's destroyed his, mo- uh, his, uh, his maker. And then he sort of kidnaps Sarah Jane who has to sort of reason with the robot. Of course, like you say, it's still got that human element to it and in the very end they figure out uh that kettlewell was producing a metal virus which the doctor and harry who i mentioned in a minute uh, go and make and then they basically throw it at this giant robot as it's grown because unit used the disintegrate uh center say that with no teeth disintegrator gun on the uh robot it makes it grow and then the doctor throws this virus on it, which turns it into a little sized doll, which disappears. Mm-hmm. And that's basically the end. Um, so there is a little bit at the very, very end, which I'll, I'll dedicate a little bit of time to talking to, cause it's quite a cool moment, but that is kind of what happens in the nutshell. Uh, like I said, I mentioned Harry, Harry Sullivan, uh, is it Sullivan? Sullivan. Sullivan. Uh, yep. He is now going to be, new companion it's the first time they've had three companions since patrick troughton and the source of the first sorry yes two two companions since patrick troughton it's also the first time they've had a male companion since jamie i think it was um or is it or it's ben after jamie or ben before jamie i can't remember no i think ben was before jamie yeah well 
Maybe it's since Jan. Uh, since Jan. Don't think Harry's in it for very long. Uh, Harry's actually been in it before. The actor uh, was in it before. Let me see. Get the actor's name up. Harry is Ian Marta. He's been in it before. Uh, can you remember what episode he was in? No. Oh, he was in Carnival of the Monsters. He was on the boat section of the serial where they obviously went round in the oh, loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was the one who said about walking round the promenade, and then walking around the boat. So he's been in it before. It's funny how he's. Did he have a dodgy tash? Uh, no, he didn't. I think he looks yeah. exactly like he did now. So it's really funny how they kind of kept the same sort of look yeah, to the character as well. In, yeah, but they've done that in things like EastEnders. In EastEnders, they've used an actor as an extra, and then they've liked them so much they've actually brought them back and actually done an actual character with them. Mm. They've done that in a lot of soaps. So yeah, so Harry is now he is a so medical. He's a medical officer, I think, for I'm guessing unit. And I quite like Harry as a character. I think he's okay. I don't think he's with the Doctor for very long. I think he's just here for this series or this season. And then I think he disappears and leaves um, the Doctor and Sarah Jane to, to to their own devices, really. But he is in, obviously, the next few, especially Genesis uh, of the Daleks. I can remember he's in that one. so yeah, we get another new companion. Uh, the the very end, we get a nice little moment. It's the first time it's been uttered for a little while. At the very very end, where it's kind of wrapping up the story, the Doctor's sort of saying that he's going to go off on a, a journey. Does you know he offers uh, Sarah Jane a jelly baby? It's the first time since Patrick Choughton that they've said this, and obviously, um, Tom Baker's Doctor is kind of like a catchphrase. So he offers uh, Sarah uh, a jelly baby as a way of saying, you know, do you want to come with me? Continuity though, because she crunched it. Wow. Well, they're hard. They've been they've been in his pocket. What do you expect? Probably got a bit of fluff on them. Well, with what the doctor's got in his pocket, you don't know what what they are. To be honest, because it kind of makes a noise when it hits a mouth. So he kind of says, you know, no, that's the noise a jelly bean would make, not a jelly baby or an aniseed ball, well, or a liquid torpedo. You know, well, we'll have to we'll have to get in contact with Tom Tom Baker and ask him what jelly babies they were. Well, obviously, they weren't Harry Bows, were they? Well, no. It would probably have been Bertie Bassett. But anyway, so he sort of offers her one as if to say, come on, are you coming with me? And she takes one as if to say, yes, I'm coming with you. I think now they're Maynards, but they were used to be Bassett's. So they go, uh, as they're about to go away, Harry walks in and this is when the doctor explains he's going on a journey. This is where we get the, uh, the cliched, would you like to look inside? He goes inside and they all go in and disappear and that's how they sort of leave it. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a fair... It's a very good first serial for Tom Baker's Doctor. And again, the character is really... I always like it in sort of things like this where the actor has the character down straight away. I think John Pertwee had the character kind of straight away. And I think Tom Baker has definitely got that character straight away. Although he's a little bit more... I don't know if he goes a little bit less eccentric than he is here and in the future. I don't know. Uh, he kind of is a little bit. He's he's very laid back. There's moments where he's like in Bessie. We get Return of Bessie, and it's the last time we see Bessie uh, for a little while. Um, he's kind of got his feet up on the window, or he's laying down on the desk, or you know, there's like these little moments where he's not really phased by what's going on. He's very laid back. 
he's not really bothered by what's happening about this giant robot that's running amok or he's kind of and I kind of find that with the Doctor, he's always one step ahead of everyone as well. Uh, we also got uh, Benton, who got promoted. Can you remember what he got promoted to? It was supposed to be captain. It wasn't. It was a warrant officer. Yeah, but he said it was supposed to be a captain. So this is the last time we see Unit uh, until, I think it's Terror of the Zygons, which is in a few seasons' time. So they're now sort of writing. They're now taking the Doctor off uh, off Earth and they're now going to go back into intergalactical stories, which is always nice. Uh, and we kind of know what's coming up uh, with all the different... Like I said, he fights the big three in the season, the Daleks, the Sultanans. Yeah. Waiting for Becky's interjection there. That's the thing, though. And the Cybermen. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's kind of annoying, though. Mm. Because you say that, basically, he was a warrant officer... Yes. But it said he was supposed to be a captain. Wow. He got promoted. He got promoted to something else. (laughs) Oh, well. So, also, there's a nice little double take, I think, or double twist here, where Sarah Jane uh, goes to Think Tank to do a bit of journalism. Say that again with your teeth in. Uh, And she approaches uh, Winters and there's Jellicoe. And basically, she thinks that Jellicoe is the director, only mm. for Miss Winters to say that's a bit chauvinistic. Mm. And I'm actually the director. So they do a sort of double take there um, with, like we've mentioned before, about women's rights and the way that women are portrayed in this early Doctor Who and that. And they've sort of done a double take there. But then they sort of offset that later on when she goes to the SRS, where he's very, very, very sexist towards her. Um, even though, like, the head of the actual uh, uh, club, shall we call it a club, is actually Winters, who's a woman. It's kind of strange that, how he's very, very sexist to her, and then all of a sudden, Winters is the leader. Bit of a strange one, I think. So, that... uh, So, Robot, Becky. What do you think of Robot, the very first season? It was shiny. Well, I'm not talking about the robot. We've talked about the robot. I mean, the whole season, uh, the whole serial. What do you think of the whole serial, the story? Well, I like the Blu-ray. You like the Blu-ray? Well, just just the disc. Well, no, the kind of transfer. The transfer, yes. That, well, that's the thing with these uh, the Doctor Who Blu-rays. They they are upscaled. There's also the I think part of it was because um, they had some outside shots. I think some of it's recorded on yeah. videotape, and videotapes always. Very good upscaling to a Blu-ray when transfer. You're coming from like, all right, the effects weren't that bad compared to what we have well, seen, where we've been in like inflatable dinosaurs. That's all we'll when say. We, when we've been in the TARDIS and spiders that don't and move, and that's literally the side of the TARDIS has been a curtain. You know, it's. We, I think we jumped leaps and bounds. I think it's a very clever story in in its in the whole when you look on, on the whole when you look at it because it's all about sentient robots having human feelings and there's a lot they do a lot of that sort of now you know with the AI uh, f- sort of what we've got in the world today and other films where you know robots are sort of sentient it's kind of it was kind of before its time I think. Um, but then again, we did have, I think at this time, they did have like uh, 2001 Space Odyssey with the computer Hal, who's kind of like sentient and has its own sort of brain and corrupt, mm-hmm. and it's very corrupt as well. So we kind of have that element in 
science fiction at the time, but it, you know, I just look at this as being a very clever overall story. Sarah Jane is given something to do, uh, which is always good, and she's now finally took you know uh, the mantle of proper companion now because you know back with John Pertwee, we all just think of Joe, we don't really think of Sarah Jane. Now we're going to think about Sarah Jane and being her own like sort of. She hasn't really established the role, and I think now she's kind of establishing it more. Mm. And it's because they're giving her stuff to do. I think it kind of, you know, it's now going to kind of work and click for Sarah Jane in that that role. So if we go to Mark Campbell's episode guide, Verdict, uh, stylishly put together, action-packed adventure still works brilliantly. The robot is a wonderful creation, and there are some stunning moments, a 9 out of 10. So I'm thinking that uh, Mark Campbell's a Tom Baker fan. Yeah, I think so. A 9 out of 10, Becky. What would you... We we went through... This time we have to rate because there's just so many episodes to go through. I do keep calling them episodes. Serials to go through with Tom Baker. So at the very end of Tom Baker's run, we can't really have a sort of... We can recap them, but rating them is going to be difficult. Not like we did with the 24, I think it was, with John Pertwee. But it's probably about... 50 of tom makers <laughs> or whatever it is um so we're best to rate them as we go along so nine out of ten um i'd agree i'd agree as well i think it is nearly just nearly perfect i think the the effects now sort of let it down slightly but you just have to look past the effects now um this is what i call i call classic doctor who i class i class william hartnell Patrick Troughton, John Pertwee as classic, classic Doctor Who because it's the black and white era and sort of the last sort of... It's just hard to explain. It like it, it, To me, it just feels like it's more classic than yeah. this, this Doctor Who. So it's got classic, classic Doctor Who, whereas this is now classic Doctor Who. So first serial of Tom Baker, I think, lives up to it. I think it lives up to the hype. Uh, and starts the season off strong. So the rest of the season, we have gone through this, but we will go through it again. So the next next week's uh, serial will be the Ark in Space. So like I say, interstellar, uh, intergalactical adventures now. But again, mm. we're kind of on, it may be called an Ark, but it's a base in space again. So they do kind of, they go into a tried and tested format. That's mm. a four-parter again. Again, the four-parters really do work. Uh, after that will be the Saltarans Experiment, uh, which is a two-parter. It does feel a bit like a filler, this one, but we'll, we'll get into that one when we get to that. Then we have Genesis of the Daleks, six-parter, that one, and then we round off the season with Revenge of the Cyberman, four-parter. So, again, there's some some really good uh, seasons, and there's only five, five uh, seasons, I mean serials. Only five serials, but what five serials look at them they're really really good and like i said the big three uh you could put ice warriors in there or something like that but i don't really class the ice warriors as one of the big monsters i don't think they're in doctor who enough to be classed as a, a big monster you know the sultanans the daleks and the cybermen are you know even the autons i don't class as a big monster because they're yeah. just not in it you know the daleks are in there enough every single season Cybermen, you know. even the Cybermen. Well, the Cybermen were, were never in John Pertwee's run, so that was a bit of an interesting one. It's, a, hmm. it's interesting that they sort of um, they sort of retired the Daleks for a little while, then they brought them back, but then they retired the Cybermen for quite a long while before bringing them back. So we're going to now get to what I call the 
the uh, the iconic Cybermen look now. Yeah. Um, so that's coming up. So I think all in its entirety, I really like Robot. I think you know it's a really like say clever story. It has some really good moments. I think it has iconic moments. Uh, also, quickly before we haven't really discussed it, we'll have to quickly discuss it now. There's a bit of a comedic uh, element to the story at the very beginning, which um, I think sort of um, I think it's followed up when we get to Peter Davison's Doctor as well. It seems to be this is the kind of thing like when we get a regeneration there's always like a tick sheet of things to happen like the fuzziness uh there's the costume and there's a comedic costume here he has was it three different no the including costume. the costume he settles on there's four so what you say him. yep then there was it's sort of like a, a regal sort of um, Jestery type. What it reminds me of is a knave on like a jack of hearts. Yeah, basically. Sort yeah. of from a card, playing card. Yeah. And then the third one clown. was a clown, yes. And then obviously settles on the the look that is the iconic Tom Baker look. It's kind of the same as what it becomes. I think his jacket's more yeah, longer, I think, later on. But uh, yeah, he he's sort of I'd like to know, I'd have to do some research how they come up with the idea for the very, very long scarf. Um, I'll have to research that for the next next know. episode. Also, the scarf it actually served a purpose in this seri- uh, season. I keep saying season, serial. This serial it served a purpose. Kind of tried it twice. One worked, one didn't. He tried when he was in the uh, uh, ke- uh, kettle kettlebell's lab. The uh, the robots kind of trying to take out the doctor and attack him. He kind of uh, trying to dart around the place and avoid it. He tries to tie his scarf to one pillar to try and trip it up. It doesn't really work. But then second time when he tries it on a guy from the SRS, he kind of puts it under his feet as he's trying to get into the meeting and he kind of just pulls it and trips up the guy. So it serves a purpose. I think they did that straight off the bat to say it's not just a, it's not just a prop. It's actually a tool of the Doctor's arsenal now. He can use this scarf as a weapon to help him in certain situations. That's what I think. Uh, also, we got a strange sonic screwdriver. It actually didn't have the sort of John Pertwee round end no. when he actually used it the it first time. The yep, and then he put it in afterwards and used it to try and cut out the door. He thought it was like a sonic lance. And he kind of put it in the end to make it like it was uh, John Pertwee's. It's kind of strange um, how it's kind of different. It's kind of not. It's We never got a sonic lance in John Pertwee's. He never said at the end of his sonic screwdriver was a sonic lance. It just was the sonic screwdriver. It's just a bit strange. Um, so, yeah. So, there's a few more elements. Like I say, last time we see Unit, last time we see Bessie. So, it's kind of like a new era of Doctor Who going forward. They are completely refreshing it. And like I say, no well, new unit do come back, but they come back in Terror of the Zygons. So they kind of are like, again, like Joe is John Pertwee's companion. Yeah, unit is kind of John Pertwee's sort of as well. Two so well, he's been around for three doctors now, the Brigadier. You know, Patrick Troughton, John Pertwee and Tom Baker. So he's been around for three, but they're now going to kind of retire him now for a little while. Uh, mm. But he d- he does come back, but um, mm. obviously that will be in quite a few se- serials time. So, yes, so in 
ending, we'll say that the social media is in the description. Let us know what you thought of Robot. And uh, yeah, we'll see you or catch you next week for the arc in space. So I'll say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>